Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Urtree. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here on this Monday afternoon, recapping what was maybe the best weekend of NFL football that we have seen in the past, what, five, six years? Every single game just absolutely awesome for their own separate reasons. Uh, really a tale of two days. That's kind of where I want to start here, guys. So we have the Bengals, 49ers, Rams, and Chiefs advancing to the conference championship weekend. But Saturday and Sunday, it was a tale of quarterback survival on Saturday and then a tale of just beautiful quarterback performance on Sunday, right? I don't know what changed. Maybe it was the weather, right? Maybe it was the quarterbacks watching the guys on Saturday and looking at their guys offensive linemen saying, I, I need some help here, guys. You can't let that happen to me. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Maybe the guys playing on Sunday were just that much better than the guys playing on Saturday. I don't know, but I think to me the storyline of the weekend, obviously we always start with quarterbacks, is Saturday it was just which quarterback could survive and not make too many mistakes. And then on Sunday it was, no, you can't just survive. You have to absolutely thrive to win this football game. Yeah, seeing the performances uh, yesterday was was just immaculate. I think uh, almost every quarterback just at their peak performance and potential. And ju- just when you see one game finish off in a just classic type of way, like, oh, man, that, that one of the, might be one of the best postseason games we've seen in a long time, a 10, 15 years, boom, then we have another one right behind it. Uh, so, so, yeah, just all of the, the ability completely shown off uh, by these offenses and, of course, the, the quarterback play. As well, and hey, last week don't yell at me. Quit yelling at me. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Listen, don't hate me. Last week we joked about it, and this week there's there's no jokes about it just yet. See, just because you expand the playoff and you have one weekend of bad football doesn't mean the next one is gonna be bad Mm -hmm. too. All right, this is the potential we could have for college football. Well, this is what we have right now. If we expand. This right, is actually, actually, actually deeper than what we have right now. That's just, yeah. All right. Let me, yeah, for sure. Let me get on this, man. Uh, that's just the one. Like, so anyway, you're saying you're a proponent of the 18 playoff is what you're saying? PJ, PJ Zuko committing to the 18 playoff here on uh, ESPN Anything Postal. under 12, I think, is, is I think fine. 12 11. is good. <laughs> oh, Lord. Sure. No, I, I, I would say this. The divisional round, this was the greatest divisional round in NFL history. Every game was Damn, walk-off. dropping the hyperbole oh. on here. I like it. Every game was a walk-off touchdown. Uh, or a walk-off, you know, game-winning drive, basically. Sure. Um, every game. But, I mean, it was just impressive because you saw Joe Burrow actually be able to pull through after getting sacked nine times. Jimmy G, I think he's co- a combined 200 yards in his two playoff wins <laughs> against the Packers. Insane. And then Stafford gets over that hump. He beats the GOAT. Mm-hmm. And then last night, we saw what we're probably going to see for the next decade or next seven, eight years of just greatness. That may have been the... That's a top five playoff game I've ever seen. Yeah, okay. So I want to I get to Mahomes here in a second, but I didn't want to say this. Okay, so the winning quarterbacks on Saturday. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times for 68 yards of lost yardage and one interception, zero touchdowns. Again, that's the winning quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 11 of 19, zero touchdowns, one interception, four sacks for 25 yards. Those are the winning quarterbacks on Saturday, <laughs> right? Here's what the losing quarterbacks did on Sunday. Tom Brady. 30 of 54, 329 yards, a touchdown, and one interception. And then Josh Allen, 27 of 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns through the air, zero interceptions, 
and then 68 yards on the ground. That's what the losing quarterbacks <laughs> did on Sunday. So it was just, to me, the storyline is absolutely the quarterbacks coming out of this weekend. But uh, going back to your point, Cam, yeah, let's just start at the most recent one and work our way back. I've said it before. The Kansas City offense is like Golden State three years ago. Where it's just, they have so many different ways to beat you. If you lock up Steph Curry, that's fine. We're going to kick it out to Kevin Durant. Or if you lock up Kevin Durant and you try to play some sort of defense against the three ball, that's fine. We're going to have somebody like Clay Thompson come open. Or Andre Iguodala can beat you if you need him to, right? And the other thing about them is, they can score on you so fast. I, I'm struggling like a word. It's, it's almost like shell shock is the way it looks. But it's, it's crazy to think. How many seconds were left? Uh, on the clock. What's that? 13. 13 yeah. seconds yeah. left in the fourth quarter after the Bills scored that touchdown, which Gabriel Davis, I uh, got to give him some credit. He is the first receiver in NFL history to have four receiving touchdowns in a single postseason game. Jerry Rice didn't do that. Uh, Randy Moss never did that. T.O. never did that. Gabriel Davis stands alone. But you score that touchdown, 13 seconds left. You're like, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. That's oh, it, right? I said that, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, right? No. No one thought that that knew Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. everyone's kind of sitting there holding their breath, right? And what does he do? First play, gets him uh, 16 yards. Uh, and then after that, you're able to get bust a big one down the middle to Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then Harrison Bucker nails it. And then all of the momentum inside that stadium goes back to the Kansas City sideline. And then basically, just the way the defenses were playing, it's whoever won the coin toss was going to win the football game. Yeah. And I think Josh Allen said something like that. He's like, yeah, if we had yeah. won the coin toss, we'd be going to the AFC Championship. So just that offense, though, I guess the only critique you can give to the Bills really is maybe squib it to try to take some time off the clock instead of just kicking it into the end zone and I taking no time that, off yeah. the clock. I mean, that's the really the only critique you can give because you just got Mahomes. But like, if you're, the, if you're the Bills, you had the number one defense across the boards in the league. But to me, that doesn't matter. And that's crazy. Yeah, it, no, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a it quarterback-driven does. league, and if you have the best quarterback in the league, I don't care what defense you're playing. He's he's the best one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've kind of been having like the discussion who's better, Brady, because Brady led the league in touchdowns, and Roger Mahomes is the best one. Um, what he did last night, him and Josh Allen. Josh Allen might yeah. be number two because Josh Allen was he. I mean, he was spectacular too. And Stephon Diggs didn't even show up. Three catches, like seven yards. Yeah, and he's still putting on that performance. Right. It was man, that was a great game. All right, and then just an, another game before that. This was just football nirvana. Uh, this weekend, the Rams 30, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27 in another situation where Tom Brady takes his team all the way back. Was it 27 to three mm-hmm. at one point? Tom Brady storms his team all the way back 27, 27. You're like, damn, here we go again. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Here we go again. Just when you think you can't write another storyline for this guy, he goes out <laughs> there and does it again. Yeah. But how about Matt Stafford? Going back to a guy in Cooper Cup who had fumbled early in the game, but, I mean, when the dude's a triple crown winner for receiving, you you write that off as just a – if you throw him a 1,000 balls, he's going to fumble a couple of them, right? Exactly. It sucks that it was in such a big game, but that last drive, you hit him on the out route, and then you come back right down the seam. That was unbelievable. And yeah. I, I just thought so cool for Matt Stafford, who had struggled to even get to the playoffs. Now he's in the playoffs and he's thriving. Yeah. yeah and what, we, we joked last week – uh, about the uh, quote unquote like Stetson Bennett type stat line he put up in the first game, which isn't disrespectful by any means. I mean, a really solid game in that first game, not a ton of pass attempts, right? Over 200 yards. He played a solid football game, but to be basically, of course, with Cooper Cup, but, but the reason that they won, 
I think was huge. The reason they they went out and beat the goat. Uh, also, like uh, on that last throw to Cooper Cup, having to throw it on the run uh, with showing off that mobility a little bit too. Oh, and we've always known he's had an absolute I mean, cannon attached yeah, to his right arm. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah. uh, just doing it, being able to evade evade the pressure in such a big moment like that too, um, and just drop an absolute dime. So now I feel really good for him. Obviously, for for you know the Rams and this kind of sellout year where it's like, all right, we're putting all our chips in one basket. Let's let's see if we can go get a Super Bowl. And uh, it, it seems like it's it's working out for him pretty well, obviously. But, yeah, like you said, Tom Brady being able to <laughs> bring his team back like that, and you can never count him out. Uh, but Matt Stafford and that, that Cooper Cup connection is just insane. I think I, I recall when I first got here, I don't know if it was when I first met you or afterwards when Rams and um, Chiefs played that game a couple of years back, and it was like the greatest regular oh, season game we've ever to seen. 52-49 or something like if that? If we could see that again in the Super Bowl, and Stafford somehow wins that, he's top five. I think he may be top five already. Yeah. But, I mean, he's elevated his game. Obviously shows you he wasn't the problem in Detroit, and I think people need to recognize that and stop criticizing him over that because he showed the heck out yesterday. Well, I'll, I'll say it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Stafford has been the quarterback. I'm not saying he's responsible for it, but he has been the quarterback for the two most prolific wide receiver seasons of all time. Yep. Calvin Johnson and now Cooper Cup. Right. He's been the guy. Yeah, and I think he's been a borderline Hall of Famer. I think if he just gets to the Super Bowl, I think he makes his case to be a Hall of Famer just with the stats that he's had and doing it, like we said, in Detroit for a majority mm-hmm. of years. I mean, look what happens when you put him on a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, he, he, automatically. Yeah, he raises himself to MVP caliber and maybe I think arguably has his wide receiver in contention uh, to win the MVP there. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. They're gonna play the 49ers, who took down Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this one, guys, to me was strange, just all the way through. I know yeah. the temperature had a lot to do with it, but we heard the Packers talking smack all week, like we live for this. This is what we love. Yeah. We love playing this temperature. Apparently not. Yeah. Apparently not. I mean, even if you think, hey, we got to go to the ground here, average three point four yards to carry, sixty seven total yards. I know it hurt them when AJ Dillon uh, went out of the football game, but Aaron Rodgers, two hundred twenty five yards through the air, got sacked five times, uh, had a nineteen point four QBR uh, in this football game. It's just. And to be fair, they should have won the football game. Yeah. I, I think we, we talk about it being a three-phase game. It came down to special teams in this one. I mean, just even the field goal uh, that the 49ers were able to get, one of them came off a long kick return, right? And they just they won the special teams battle in this one against the Packers. And that blocked punt was just bad. It was just bad scheme uh, from the Packers, just missed assignments, blocked that punt, take it in for a touchdown. And then you just started getting gapped at the end. If Kyle Shanahan knows how to do one thing, it's run the football. Mm-hmm. And you just started getting gapped at the end. I will say this, absolutely vicious and unnecessary to have Trent Williams <laughs> lined up at tight yeah, end, sure. sending him in motion on a toss sweep. Yeah, That is just absolutely unnecessary, but also beautiful at the same time. And then, uh, final note from this one, Debo Samuel coming out party, uh, really in the playoffs here. Dude was he's, everything he's awesome. they needed him to be in this football game. But, I mean... Once again, Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess, quote-unquote, outguns Aaron Rodgers. No, no. <laughs> I, I think this is one of the worst called games in, well, in Lafleur's coaching tenure. Um, they got a field goal blocked, a punt blocked for a touchdown, and then what's made it worse on the game-winning field goal for San Fran, they had 10, 10 players. guys on the field, yeah. I, I, I don't like saying coaches have to go, but if you have two wins in the postseason with Aaron Rodgers in the past three years, 
something's got to change. Well, I said this about Mike McCarthy. Everyone gave him credit for winning the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I said it's kind of an indictment on you that you have only won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Right. You have Aaron Rodgers. I saw something this weekend. It's like in the past 30 years, the Packers have had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They've managed to win Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. Two. So uh, that's insane just as a franchise as a whole. But I think that's what it comes back to for me uh, again. Uh, think about all these guys we've been talking about. And I know this this storyline is kind of old, so people might be bored with it and whatever. But I think ultimately this is a reason why Aaron Rodgers is able to get out of Green Bay this year, whether that be retirement or not. But, again, it's just look look at everyone around him. Like you said, an okay running game. A.J. Brown goes down, but you still have – A.J. Vo- Dillon. Dillon, yeah. yeah. You still have Williams behind him, who's a pretty solid running back and was really good in the receiving game. And then you have Devontae Adams. And who else? Just n- no one else there yep. to, to, to well, how about, yeah, I mean, go to. You, you mentioned Aaron Jones there. He had 41 yards on the ground, but, Jones, also, yeah, yeah, but also had nine receptions for 129 yards. Uh, look at your other receiving stats in this game. So you had two guys who had nine receptions, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard had one reception for six yards. Mercedes Lewis, who's still doing it, uh, one reception for zero and yards. And he fumbled. Yeah, one reception <sighs> for zero yards, and then that's it. So you had two guys with nine receptions, two guys with one reception, and then nothing. Yeah. I think you had four or five guys with one or two targets that, that didn't catch it either. Yeah. So I, it's yeah, it's it's just and you're you missing Bakhtiari. You didn't want to chip Nick Bosa the whole game. He was just screeching off the edge. It was yep. yeah. It was bad. Again, uh, the 49ers win 13 to 10. It seems like we always have one of these every year where it's just a weird team makes it into the <laughs> yeah. makes it into the conference championship weekend and that just shouldn't be there. But hey, give the 49ers a lot of credit. Uh, 10 and 7 during the regular season, but you just got to get there and then it becomes a winner go home kind of tournament. And then the first game of the weekend, Cincinnati Bengals 19, Tennessee Titans 16. And to me, this was Joe Burrow, and I know the defense played well, but again, Ryan Tannehill is who we think he is. I know Cody Queen, I don't know if he's watching or not, uh, always rode for Ryan Tannehill because he's like, man, look, he throws for 4,000 yards every time in the regular season. I think a majority of the time, if you have a top 20 quarterback in the league and you give him 16, 17 starts, they're going to throw for close to 4,000 yards. That doesn't mean a rip to me. When it comes down to crunch time, I don't feel like you're winning football games because of Ryan Tannehill, and he absolutely folded in this game. Three interceptions, a couple of them were just bad bad interceptions, and you were healthy. They were about as healthy as they've been. Derrick Henry, I know, was still a little slow, but in the wide receiving course, A.J. Brown was good to go. Julio Jones was good to go. They had their pieces. They just couldn't do a whole lot with it. Or on the flip side, Joe Burrow was getting absolutely massacred the entire game. And this, you could tell both coaches' staffs were realizing that their offensive lines were just being dominated by the other side of the football. So it kind of became like that Georgia-Alabama first half where it was just like, let's keep it close, keep it close, not make the crucial mistake, keep it close until we have to go. And, I mean, Cincinnati never really tried to establish a run. They had 18 attempts on the day. But Joe Burrow, I thought, controlling that offense, finding the downfield shots when he could, but also, what was the 70-yarder? They didn't go for a touchdown, but still like, got him into field goal range mm-hmm. uh, over to Jamar Chase. That's just an extension of the run game. It yeah. shows how comfortable uh, he is with that team. I thought this was kind of Joe Burrow's coming out party here a little bit. He had the drive when he needed to at the end to get them in a field goal range and win that football game. Yeah, and I feel like it's two quarterbacks at the exact opposite ends of, of the spectrum right now. Like you have Joe Burrow, like you said, kind of his coming out party a, a little bit and being able to utilize his weapons. And even when his, his, he's getting demolished almost every single time he drops back, he finds a way to win. He finds a way to get around it and finds a way to, to make do with it. Whereas with Ryan Tannehill, it's like you said, it's kind of you are who we thought you were. And now it's it's just getting 
inexplicable. Like, you've had your years in the league, you've had your years to develop and whatever. In these types of games, especially, I mean, you, you were solid in the regular season. You get a first round bye and just lay a dud. I, I mean, yeah. like I said, the, the Bengals defense. Well, both, respect both them. first round buys laid a dud. Right. Jim, very, very true. And, and respect the, the Cincinnati Bengals defense for what have, they were able to do, I guess. Yeah. But still, I, I thought that was going to be the reason why the, the Titans won this game, is I, I didn't really think a, a whole lot about that Bengals defense. So uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I, I think it's just two quarterbacks going the, the completely different direction. And I think at this point, we've kind of given Ryan Tannehill and the Titans especially have kind of given Ryan Tannehill more than his welcome. Like, you know what I mean? It's like he's been around for, for too long, I feel like, and things like this just keep happening. I think it's time to move He's Kirk on. Cousins. Yeah, I think it's time to go. I don't even know. Kirk Cousins had a really good seat. I don't even know if he's Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's, he's Kirk Cousins I, to me. He's, I mean, I Every know, now and then he can win it, but you're not going to win games because of him. I will say this. Joe Burrow played his smartest game of his career. Um, obviously, he didn't get any touchdowns. but They got sticky down the yeah, red zone. He, yeah. yeah, he's he's a risk taker, if we all know. He throws interceptions at times, but this was the smartest game. Tennessee's defense is legit. We all knew that. But I look at it from Tannehill. I mean, three interceptions, but the last one he threw, you take that fourth down, you punt the ball, rely on your defense, you go into overtime mm-hmm. and see what you can do. He has to go. And I'm not saying he's a terrible quarterback, but he's not well, also, Tennessee's quarterback. For the Titans, yeah. you're coming up on the end of that window. You got maybe next year still mm-hmm. with Derrick Henry, Julio yep. Jones, A.J. Brown, the guys that you have on defense, feeling very Falcons-y right now, right? Like you, you had your window with Michael Turner, Julio Jones, uh, uh, Roddy White, Tony yeah. Gonzalez, right? You had your window, but eventually those contracts come up, dudes start getting older, dudes start retiring, you got to move on. And are you going to be able to take advantage of that? Did you see Rodgers? Right. In Tennessee, I don't know. Um, that actually, I don't know yeah. how likely that is for them to pull him off and the Jay trade. Cutler could just hung out, hang out, and do uh, maybe uh, and do podcasts. Maybe a quarterback with another dark, dark blue jersey on already. How about Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson? Maybe down there. They have to get a quarterback because I mean, legit, they're a quarterback away from actually winning. The I Super think so Bowl. too. That yeah. defense is legit. Did you hear what uh, the kicker? For the Bengals, Evan said before he went out there. Yeah, he said, yeah. looks like we're going yeah. to the AFC Championship. Yeah, the Joe Burrow. Talk yeah. about confidence, I like man. That confidence. Yep, I liked him before the game, too. I don't know if y'all saw that video, but the Tennessee Times were doing some sort of ceremony, having guys like oh. run out on the field, and <laughs> where McPherson's supposed to be warming up for field goals, does he stop? No, he just, he's kicking yeah. field goals over their line while they're doing that. So, I mean, the dude's, dude's got chops. Kickers are cool. I know people out there like to, like to slam on the kickers and say they're not really football players. Uh, kickers got some... Uh, uh, this is a PG show. I can't say that. Uh, they got some fortitude. I'll say that. Intestinal fortitude. You can say swag. Some, no, that's not what I was going to go for. But uh, some below-the-belt fortitude. I'll say that uh, with the kickers out there because they got some swag to them a little bit. But Evan McPherson, definitely one of those. I mean, Florida representing for the kicking game in the playoffs. They got Evan McPherson and then uh, Tommy Townsend with the flow uh, out in KC, though. So we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to talk some college football, some big news uh, from the SEC over the weekend. We'll dive into that. And then I got a quiz for the guys coming up in the third segment. So make sure you stick around for that. But just as we go to break, keep in mind for the next segment, two things can be true at the same time. We'll come back. We'll talk about it next right here on second. I told you guys to keep something in mind as we were in that commercial break. And it's that two things can be true at the same time. I know kind of where we're at as a country right now, as a world right now, right? It's either one thing's right and you're wrong. There's no middle ground. Two things can be true at the same time. And we're talking about the world of college football right here. Big news from the weekend, and we had kind of spoken about this potentially happening. It was in the rumor mill. Now it has come to fruition. Jermaine Burton, 
Georgia's second leading receiver from their national championship team is transferring to the school they beat in the national championship, Alabama. So I want you to keep in mind, again, two things can be true at the same time. A lot of Georgia fans are talking this out and consoling themselves by saying, we don't throw the football around a lot. Jermaine wanted to go somewhere where he could be featured inside of an offense, see them throw the ball 40, 50 times a game where he's going to get a lot of opportunities to go out there and do that, right? That that can be true, right? That he just saw an opportunity to better himself one year at Alabama, get that draft stock up, and then head off to the NFL, right? Would you guys agree that's a true statement? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Here's what's also true. Even after losing in the national championship, Nick Saban is still your dad. <laughs> uh, that's true. Look at what he has done in the yeah. transfer portal. And I'm going to look in the camera yeah. and I say this. He warned you. He warned all of you that if you opened up the transfer portal and said it was free reign, go wherever you want to, that's fine. It ain't going to make it the parity any greater. It's just going to it's going to centralize. It's going to reduce. It's going to make the 1% that much better. Because Alabama now can look at their five-star roster Look at a thing that's three deep with blue chips and say, you know, we're a little light on wide receivers. We only have four or five stars right there that we're going to be able to rock next year. Who can we go get? Oh, let's go get the national championship's best wide receiver. Yep, let's go get LSU's best corner. Let's go get LSU's best corner. Let's go get Tennessee's best linebacker. Let's go get Georgia Tech's only All-American. Let's just go raid and pillage and take whatever we want to from the rest of college football because I'm Nick Saban and I'm better at this than you. It's about to get scary. Yeah. He's a mastermind. Exactly. He's not a mastermind. He's he's the evil emperor. Uh, they're easily yeah. the favorites next year, though. Uh, easily. I, I mean, I, I, they were they were the favorites that. before yeah. this. And what's wild is I think Jermaine Burton peak is the second best wide receiver on that team. Potentially could just be the third best wide receiver on that team. And it still might be a better opportunity for him because Alabama's going to run 11 personnel all the time. Mm -hmm. That's three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, right? Or they might rock with four wide receivers a lot of the time or they'll go completely empty, put five wide receivers out there, maybe four wide receivers and put a running back out in the slot. Whatever they want to do, it's going to be a much greater opportunity versus Georgia, who as of right now probably has three tight ends that are going to be playing a majority of the snap. Georgia did that a lot this year with mm -hmm. John Fitzpatrick, uh, Darnell Washington, and Brock Bowers on the field at the same time. You at least saw two of them on the field a majority of the time as Darnell Washington was like an extra tackle who could go out and pass, catch passes, and Brock Bowers was your leading receiver. So it makes sense for Jermaine Burton to do this. That's true. But what's also true is you just got punched in the stomach by Nick Saban. Yep. Again. Again. Mm-hmm. And you beat him, and you just beat him. Yep. But but I mean that's why I say he's a mastermind because as you said, like how increment like incrementally wise, how how much does Alabama really get better with this move? Not not but, a ton. But I mean, here's, it, but here's sure, where you it, here's where you multiply that up. That's Al what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that, that's like my next point is, yeah, you get a little bit better. Uh, you get deeper at the wide receiver position. But you also get Georgia. Like yep. you also, it's about how much worse you make Georgia, the team that just beat you in the national championship. And like you said, it's their best wide receiver might be your third or fourth option. Well, the game-winning drive, Insane. right? Think about the game-winning drive. Georgia hadn't done anything the entire game on offense, uh, and then all of a sudden, Stetson Bennett comes out, big play action, left side of the field, Jermaine Burton on a comeback route, mm -hmm. right? Then you get going up a little bit, hit the big double move. 
to who? Jermaine Burton on the outside. He gets drugged down for a pass interference call, 15 more yards, and he gets sacked, and he throws the long bomb to A.D. Mitchell, right? But who did you kickstart that drive with? Burton. Jermaine yeah. Burton. And Nick Saban standing on the sideline saying, I'll take that. Yeah. Bryce Young gets more weapons, man. That's that's the big thing. Well, he's thing. going that's... to lose two this year. I don't, has Mechie officially declared? No. I mean, I think you have to, you, he had to have by now. I don't know if he's declared. Um, if Mechie comes back, I mean, even worse. But regardless, you know, they got that young talent out there. We saw it in the national championship. They were getting open. It was just dropping passes. But you got Bryce Young. Um, you got Jameer Gibbs. You got um, the kid from LSU playing corner. And now you get Jermaine Burden. This is what he came to Alabama for, to play with Bryce Young. But it's it's scary what Alabama's finna do. Um, I could see this being kind of like a, a season, what, what they had with, like, Matt Jones, where they just went out and just lit up the scoreboard and just dominate everybody. Yeah. I could really see that happening. Absolutely. And and not only that, of course, you, you have the aspect of, of Nick Saban and Alabama just doing doing what they do. And, and like you said, you, you warned enough people uh, that the potential of this could happen. And see, I think the other side of it, too, is, is just seeing a lot of people taking shots, I guess, at the guys. And it's like, man, if you have an opportunity to make your situation better and, and amplify your play for NFL scouts and just go out there and maybe, of course, win a championship along the way. Why would you not do that, right? I, I know, again, that, that might be an argument and a conversation that, that people are sick of hearing already, but if you're sick of hearing it, stop stop complaining about guys putting themselves in the best situation yeah. for themselves. That, that's ultimately what they're supposed to do. Um, and you want to call them not a team player or whatever, yeah. that, that's fine. They, they've been a team player while they've been at whatever school they were at. Jermaine Burton certainly was while he was at Georgia. And, and you know what, now he's just putting himself in the best spot to go out and get it done and, and – you know, get the most out of oh, yeah. himself in next year that he can. Like I said, it can, it can be two things can be true, right? That Jermaine Burton did something to better himself. Yeah. Right. And it is a better opportunity for him. And at the same time, Nick Saban just continues to dominate you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's hilarious. And I know there was like, we, Hey, we won that game in the national championship, right? Clemson beat Alabama in a national championship, right? Uh, two times. I don't know why I'm forgetting that right now, Yeah, right. but uh, it's, yeah, Deshaun and Trevor. Uh, mm-hmm. But nobody looks at Clemson and says they're the Alabama dynasty. Right. Right. When you go to 10 national championships, you're going to lose a couple. Yeah. Right? It's just going to happen. So Nick Saban, the reason that Alabama is where they are is because he's always at the forefront, whether it's nutrition, whether it's strength training, whether it's how he recruits and goes about that process, whether it's facilities, what, they, what they're doing at Alabama, the way that they approach the game of football, the way that they approach hiring coordinators, he's always a step ahead, and it's people – looking to emulate what he does. Like I said, he warned the entire world, if you do this, it ain't going to work out the way you think. Because what people thought would be, oh, you open up the free transfer thing, then all of a sudden the five stars that go to Alabama that first year and be like, oh, I'm not playing, I'm transferring out. It's not the five stars who transfer out. Right. It's the guys who have been there for three, four years, or the freshman who gets there and just doesn't pan out. It's not the guy who's starting every down that transfers out of Alabama. And then he just took a guy that did start every down from Georgia. Yeah, from yeah. Georgia, the national well, champions. Yeah, and and that's like again, this is the broader point. Is uh, I know that maybe there's someone that's sitting in the car right now saying, "Well, Brian Kelly's getting a lot of good guys at LSU right now as well." Yeah, but that's fine. He's also getting them from like Penn State. Are they going to play Penn State this year if it's not in the postseason? Yeah, nah. So that doesn't really affect. That situation, but it's like that okay, much. so Latavius like, Brini, who was a starting, uh, you call this they call the star, but he's a starting nickelback for Georgia uh, a lot. He started in the Peach Bowl last year and then played a majority of the season until he got replaced uh, by Poole uh, in the playoffs. 
he just transferred to Arkansas, right? Uh, Lavasia Carroll, who is a big-time corner commit out of IMG, he just transferred to South Carolina, right? Those are guys who are on Georgia's team who have transferred now to other SEC teams. These aren't, like, premier locked-up starting spots next year, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Maybe top, if you just did it, like, on the, you're looking at the board, maybe a top-10 player on your team next year mm-hmm. that Alabama just came and swiped. Right. So that, that to me, is the difference. Alabama is just picking and choosing who they want to add to their team from the top of your team, and there's nothing you can do about now it. Now you got a corner to pair up with Will Anderson. You got a lockdown corner. They mm-hmm. can help you out and let Will Anderson just get to the corner. You have, you have Jameer Gibbs, who's going to be playing alongside Ooh. Bryce Young. Right? Yeah. Henry Toto is back for another year, sure? and now they have Jermaine Burton, who they can put wherever they want to on that field. So it's, 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 it's scary. I'd probably just go ahead and lock in Alabama. Uh, in the national championship game again next year. Probably not a whole lot of questions coming to SEC no. media day. Say, hey, is this the year you you get Alabama? Uh, That's gonna be hilarious. Not that. That's gonna be hilarious because Georgia's gonna walk into SEC media days as the national champions, and they're gonna be the second storyline. Yep. That's absolutely because right. Alabama's walking in as the defending SEC champs, and far and away, like gotta put a break in the bar graph favorites for the national championship next year. So I I just want to say that again. Big news coming out of the weekend. Jermaine Burton has headed to Alabama, but it's more so what it means. Alabama, there is there is no player in the country that is safe from Nick Saban. Yeah. Right? There, you, there's no one you're like, no way my quarterback leaves and transfers Alabama. You sure? Because they just took Georgia's best receiver. We got more to come here on second down. Got a quiz for the guys next right here. All right, so I've long been a proponent of what we're about to go through here. Chris O'Kell here on second down, presented to you by the Uniform Source, alongside PJ Zuko and Cam Urshry. Oh, he said, if I was an NFL GM, and this is no or no disrespect to any other school, any other college football player out there, I am finding the best prospects from the SEC and the ACC, maybe a quarterback from the Big Ten, or not the Big Ten, God, uh, no, what, no, Big what? 12, Big yeah, 12, do that. Big 12, no, Big 12, that's terrible, maybe a quarterback from the Big 12, but you guys can have the rest. Right, I'm going to draft SEC, I'm going to draft ACC, and then if I need a quarterback, either one of those conferences or I'll, I'll scooch over to the Big 12 for a Mahomes. If you, yeah, if you want to bust, go to the Big 10 or USC for a quarterback. Correct, yeah. 10-4. But, uh, yeah, like I said, SEC, ACC seems really easy to me, right? Going through the rosters for the teams that have now made it to the conference championships, Vast majority of their team, I would say sometimes as many as 50 to 55% of their team made up from players from the SEC or the ACC. And then you can use all the other conferences to fill it in from there. The Kansas City Chiefs, 18 players from the SEC. 25 total from the SEC or the ACC. So it's it, it seems relatively simple to me, but we are on the Southern Payskin Radio Network here. Southern Payskin covers the SEC, the ACC, the Sunbelt, and the SOCON. Right. What I have done is I have gone through the rosters for the conference championship teams, and I have found the players that fall inside that coverage area. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say a name, oh, no. and I need you guys to tell me which school he went to. Do you want to make this competition, or do you guys want to work together? Uh, my players from here? They are players from either the SEC, SC, ACC, SEC, Sunbelt, or SOCON that are playing in the conference championships coming up this weekend. We're wasting time here. Are you guys working together, or uh, are we com- we'll go, we're competing? We'll go against, we'll go against. All right, let me get out that Make scrap. Interesting. Piece of paper here. Let's, all, let's see how bad or good I could be. Let's do it. All right, we got P and we got K. Let's go. All right, let's just start off with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Jaron Reed. <laughs> Jaron Reed. Oh, say, that's Alabama. That is Alabama. I want to yeah. say uh, BJ got like all of these, but three. Okay. It was well, horrifying. That is BJ. It was it was horrifying to yeah. watch. Let's go over to the Rams. We'll go with Bobby Brown. <laughs> Bobby Brown. That's uh, ACC. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I go ACC. I don't know, but yeah, which school? You got a name of school? Miami. That's incorrect. Um. I'll even help you out. Bobby Brown the third played linebacker. Plays linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Arkansas. A&M. There you incorrect go. Correct on both counts. We'll stick with the Rams here. Let's go Tremaine Ancrum. God. Tremaine Ancrum. Yeah, dude. Uh, shit. Good, good question. That's a that's a good one. Uh, Kentucky. Guess. That is incorrect. Um, Ole Miss. Uh, that'll be Clemson. Tremaine Ancrum playing at Clemson. Ashawn Robinson. Oh, Alabama. There we go. PJ's on the board. We're one to one. Respect, respect, respect. All right, let's stay with the Rams. Let's go Leonard Floyd. Georgia. Thank you, Cam. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. Sony Michelle? Georgia. Georgia. That's, yeah. Oh, PJ got that one. Cam Akers. Florida, Florida State. State. We call that one a tie. Oh, I'm gonna call that one a tie. God. What about Jalen Ramsey? Florida State. There we go, Cam. Yeah. yeah. PJ, what happened right there? That's just brain dead. <laughs> Odell Beckham. LSU. Yeah. Yeah, what are you? Go, I gotta get a lead while I can. Like, Matthew Stafford, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew he was gonna say this, but I had to predict that fast. I had to fast. PJ Cam's running away with this. No, you're I mean, now, that's fine. You're, you're you down. Got, three. All right, okay. Lead. Let's slow it down a little bit. Andrew Whitworth. Oh man, uh, um, um, oldest left tackle in postseason yeah, he's history. The which means, like, how, who? Mm. I go Arkansas. That's incorrect. South Carolina. Uh, right conference, wrong team. That's LSU as well. Andrew okay. Whitworth, LSU. Right. What about Terrell Lewis? Terrell Lewis. Terrell <clears throat> Lewis. North he's, Carolina. Uh, incorrect. Sounds like he's like a safety. Oh. Incorrect. Oh. The defensive end linebacker <laughs> for the Rams. I will go. Uh, LSU. Alabama. Really? I should have just huh. said that. Alabama. All right, PG, if you don't get this one, we'll be really mad. Ernest Jones. Oh, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Ware County Gator. See, it just Ernest takes me, Jones. even the ones I know, it just takes, I got to like filter it. All right, All right we're going back to the Chiefs here. Prince Tego Wongo. Pri- oh, Excuse man. me? Prince Tego Wongo. Mississippi um, State. Close. <laughs> Alabama. Eh, close. Uh, that'd be Auburn. Let's go Dorian O'Daniel. Mississippi State. Man. Incorrect. Um, uh, Clemson. Woo, PJ. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. resident, resident Clemson all guy. The, all the studying. Uh, I missed a couple yeah. of guys here on the Rams. This is a two-for-one deal. Van Jefferson and Brandon Powell. Florida. Yep, two-for-one. Van Jefferson. Yep. yep. Two for one, and Brandon Powell as well. I knew uh, Powell. What about Tommy Townsend, the punter for the Chiefs? Oh, you just talked about him yeah, too. You did. I did. Florida. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, PJ. <laughs> Demarcus Robinson. That's, that's what you said. Demarcus Robinson is that in Auburn, Alabama person? Florida. Dang oh, it! Man. Noah Gray. Who wears gray? He's a tight end. Who wears gray? 
in like Noah Gray. I actually do think they have a gray uniform. That's that'd funny be, that you that'd say be that. Perfect. That's yeah. funny that you say that. Um, Louisiana. Both incorrect. He played at Duke. Oh, dang. Yeah. What about Josh Kando? Boston Gosh. College. Florida State. Sorry, Cam, I don't think I gave you a guess there. Nah, but... I would, no, I mean, I was pretty locked <laughs> in on DeAndre that. Baker. Georgia. Oh, Georgia, yeah. That was him. I, I think Cam got it literally yeah. just because you said, oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, Georgia. Well, because I was still And Cam like... said, Georgia. Oh. Uh, what about Jarek McKinnon? Georgia, Georgia Southern. <laughs> PJ. Yeah. Spit it out, man. That's Her- a bit like, mm. Harrison Butker. Georgia Tech. There we go. Uh, just uh, there just we go. Just, You're just it. down just five. Clyde Edwards-Helaire. LSU. Dang it. Yep. Oh, PJ, you're hurting my heart here. Derek Gore. Oh. <laughs> Gore. Miami. Incorrect. I played, <laughs> respect where Gore. your head's at, though. I respect I tried. Where I tried. At, Maybe some is relation this, there. Is this one of the? Uh, is this non-SEC or ACC? It is non-SEC. Yep, yep. I don't even know if this team's in the Sun Belt. I don't think it is. They're not in the Sun Belt. Appalachian State. It's not App State. Right conference, wrong team. Louisiana Monroe. What about Tyron Matthew? LSU. LSU, yeah. Cam. Very Cam. Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams? Three, two, one. Mississippi State. Uh, LSU. I don't know why that's yeah, always like the know. go-to. Got the countdown. Willie Gay. Ooh, linebacker. linebacker. Very recently played college football. Yeah, he's. I want to say he's a rookie. Mississippi State. That is correct. Yeah. What about Chris Jones? Big old defensive tackle. Big fella. I'm still like six five. I'm still stuck on the last one. I thought Willie Gay was a a cornerback. That is incorrect. For the You're thinking about the other the other Gay William Gay, I think. Okay. Yeah. Not Willie. Yeah, I just said I got to Come on, PJ. What, what was the name? What was the name? Chris one? Jones. Oh, Mississippi man. State. That is correct. Yeah. There you go, PJ. Is he the guy that it's, did the, I think he did the, uh, he's the one that did the thumbs up to the camera. Yeah. What about Nick Bolton? That's a middle linebacker. He's a rookie. Yep. Nick crap. SEC sack leader. Arkansas? SC, uh, Kentucky. Nope. Missouri. Crap. Let's see. Let's just go through some fun ones here. CJ Uzuma for the Bengals. That's a corner, man. Uh, Crap. You know what's? Is it a corner? I think I so. See a tight end. I don't know. Oh, there's two guys with weird names. Then with weird names. <laughs> uh, I will go. I will go Auburn. Virginia Tech. Cam got it. Auburn. Nah. This is just a smoke show right now. Uh, let's see. T Higgins. Clemson. Ellis. Oh, Clemson. Yeah, what? That's right. PJ, they way beat... to go. PJ. Jonah no, Williams. Lost. Never mind. Who? Jonah Joe Williams. Williams. Center. I mean. Alabama. That is correct. Uh, Vernon Hargraves, Florida. Florida. Dang it. PJ. Trey uh, Hill. Tennessee. Mississippi State. Georgia. <laughs> oh, man. I thought he went to Tennessee. He didn't go to Tennessee. Trey Smith went to Tennessee. Trey Smith. Trey oh. Hill went to Georgia. Let's get a couple from the 49ers here real quick. Charlie Warner. Oh, you said 49ers. Uh, Georgia. That is correct. I was. Uh, their leading rusher this year, Elijah Mitchell. This is he is oh, the no reason idea. I wanted to do this one today. Yeah, I have I have no idea about that one. Um, Georgia State, no. <laughs> South Carolina, Louisiana, Louisiana Sun Belt, yeah. tearing it up. All right, one more. 
PJ for 47 points. Josh Norman. <laughs> Josh Norman. South uh, Carolina. Yeah. Right? State. Josh Norman. Josh Norman. South Carolina. <laughs> uh, now I know. <laughs> Coastal? There you go. Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Coastal Carolina. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be uh, right uh, back with more right here on Second Down. Coming up today on 3 and Out, the guys will catch up with Georgia Tech head baseball coach Danny Hall at 420. And then at 430, talk about the big transfer, Jermaine Burton. Drew DeArmond from 97.7 ESPN, Tennessee Valley. Drew DeArmond going to hop on the show and break that down there. Also talking Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford. Just talk about these NFL quarterbacks and what we have seen from then. And then coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, Vinny Iyer from Sporting News uh, has the Jaguars taking defensive end. Aiden Hutchinson, for whatever damn reason, number one overall in the NFL draft. So we'll break it down all next right here on ESPN Radio. B.J. Bennett, Ben Troop, and Kevin Thomas up next.